johnsyndicate.com. Call 1-888-201-4201. That's 1-888-201-4201. Direct from the Vegas Strip. Are you looking to access the most powerful betting syndicate information directly from the Vegas Wise Guys? The same games that players walk into the casinos and move 5, 10, 20 dimes a game on week in and week out. Learn the secrets of the most powerful betting sources directly from our office to your ears. All you have to do to walk with that air of confidence is pick up the phone and don't stall. Make the call. Call 1-888-201-4201. That's 1-888-201-4201. Call now. Call free for your access password at johnsyndicate.com. That's www.johnsyndicate.com. Call now. Call free. Back with another edition of Sports Insider Radio. It is that time of the week. We are looking at the middle of the month, and we are 10 days away from college football. I know you got a lot to talk about with the Ravens. I went to a Raven game this weekend, uh, and we'll, get, we'll talk about some preseason stats that I find very compelling and interesting later in the show. But uh, how's the golf game doing? That's what everybody wants to know. How is the golf game? Now, it's funny. I do get DMs all the time with clients challenging me. Um, I will gladly take a challenge, even for those guys that are scratch golfers. I will uh, get my strokes, but I will gladly take the challenge. Um, it's going pretty well. Um, haven't been playing nearly as much as I was earlier in the summer, now that it's back to business, and it's just very, very busy, but um, just got new shafts on my irons. I've been waiting for these. I mean, I was going to say, are... as an outsider in the office, listening to your conversations from just your side of the mouth, it is kind of funny. All I hear is shaft talk, rod talk, hole talk. It's ridiculous. No, can't say it's not a rod. It's, we're not fishing. Mm. Not a rod. What are you talking about? Come on, you got to know the lingo. If you're going to talk golf, every time I hear you over that, I think you're talking to a client about games. Next thing I know, it's driver this, driver that. Like, what is going on? I thought I was bad with the bicycle stuff and the stereo stuff. Nah, people, people are. uh, Look, it's it's like any other sport. Unfortunately, with golf, and it's similar to cycling. You want to get it dialed in. You want to have multiple bikes. You want to have the right um, wheels for it. Um, the right mechanics, all that stuff. And then you're, you know, on top of it, you got to wear the right gear to be, you know, aerodynamic. So you flow through the wind on the side streets here in in Baltimore County, Maryland. And um, it's it's very similar to to golf. You want to look the part. You want to feel comfortable. Then you want to have the right clubs that are fitted to you, just like your bike is fitted to you. 
everybody's different. Everybody swings different. Everybody's body's different. So if you have the right equipment, it's going to help you be a better player. It doesn't mean it's going to make you a better player. So for those that are amateurs, don't go out there and get fitted. Go out and just buy yourself a clubs and get some lessons. And then in time, once you have a consistent swing, then go get fitted. And obviously your dispersion will be much, much better when you're hitting the clubs uh, and you're trying to score better. But I got new iron shafts. They're on for those golf junkies that are listening to the show. They're Fujikara Axiom Velocor shafts for my irons. Um, I have it for my fairway woods and driver and driver and hybrid. So now my, I have a full set and I did get a little range session this morning before the show feeling really good, excited to play with them tomorrow morning. It's, you know, the thing is when you get to become an adult, you don't stop being a kid. We still love toys. We still love playing with toys. We still love tinkering with toys. It's just a different type of toy than when I was nine years old that I'm interested in. So, Hey, listen, you know, you're talking to a guy that just got a bicycle frame delivered from Verona, Italy. So you're preaching to the choir. Now I'm on to the wheel thing that's driving me crazy. So, like I said, I, I can relate to the hobbyist, of an athlete being a hobbyist in all the gear that comes with it. And for all the people listening, will it make me quicker? No, but it's just fun. You think it's going to make you better. I just know it's fun. I don't know if you, th- if you think that those, uh, those oh, uh, new toys are going to improve your game. It has to. I mean, it's. I wouldn't pay the price. I mean, maybe tag if it wasn't placebo come. effect. Maybe I get on the bike no. and think I'm faster, but I don't know. No. Well, you know how it is. We were talking to about our buddy that you know rode 81 miles and he's got ten thousand dollar rims on his on his bike. Well, he's going to go faster. You're traditionally. I remember when you had those rims when you did your hundred mile bike race a couple years ago. They're going to make you go faster. It's the same thing with golf. If you have the right equipment and in golf, it's more dialing it in based on your swing. So if your swing is a certain way, then if you have the right equipment, it's going to help you avoid the bigger misses. So instead of you hitting the ball 15 yards where it fades to the right, well, now this, the, the shaft will have dispersion where it might be five yards. So it's all a game of inches, just like any other sport, just like football. Uh, it, it just in this sport you're playing by yourself and you don't have any other teammates to screw it up for you. So outside of that, it's a beautiful day outside. It's a little warm. Before we know it, what's it? The first, the first college football game is August 26th, correct? Correct. And we have a very special guest coming on our show uh, in about at the 30-minute mark. Um, he will be discussing, he's a, a huge Georgia Bulldog, but he's got a wealth of knowledge for college football, does extremely well, is, is much different than our Sharps that we deal with, like David Miller and others, that he's really more of a feel, a game feel expert, where he knows so much about college football. And in college, it's uniquely you have an edge, because in the NFL, guys are coming on to teams that really maybe 10% of the of the draft class will make a huge impact on on each team. In college football it's much different. Some of these freshmen that are coming out of college literally are a year away that could legitimately some of the superstar the five star recruits could literally play in the NFL at the age of 19. So the fact that they don't you can get a huge edge knowing the recruiting class is coming in, knowing those 
blue chip recruits, knowing that those guys are going to be instant impact players, and especially in the month of September, you could find a huge edge of, of getting away with before the odds makers adjust on those players that nobody really knows about because they don't set the line based on a freshman that's 17, 18 years old coming in and starting. They don't have really high expectations on those players. So college is a little different. The, the markets are much softer. You could find those dogs that are getting 30 points that are winning outright early in the year. Uh, we all know years ago we had the Appalachian State-Michigan game where they were a huge favorite, and they ended up winning the game outright. So those things do happen in college football. Those things happen in college basketball. We zone in on those very early in the season. Um, predominantly, even from the sharp side, a lot of the wagers are on the dog side. There's a lot more value on those plus 38s, plus 39s, than there are on the minus 35s, minus 36s. Um, it's just it's always weighted to the dog side because most people just will not stomach taking that big of a dog, knowing that they're just a terrible team compared to the you know the Floridas, the Ohio States, the Georgias, you know the the SEC Big Ten, Pac-12 conference games where you know those teams obviously have much better recruits and much better talent, but that's why the the actual spread on the game is the great equalizer. It doesn't matter. You don't have to be the better team. You just have to be the better spread covering team. So that's always a unique approach. I uh, can't wait to hear what he's got to say in about 15 minutes. He will come on the show. So outside of that, as we're rolling right into football, we've already released. Well, how about, well, how about this? Let's, let's talk about preseason for a second. So, I think uh, the preseason record right now is nine and six against the spread on the underdogs. But the nine underdogs that have covered are eight and one outright on the money line, ending with the Raiders last week. The only underdog in preseason that has covered and not won the game is the game that I attended, the Philadelphia Eagles plus five, losing by one. So. When people ask me about my 80-20 underdog system and why you take advantage of making that 200 units on the money line in football, where right now in baseball, everybody's hyper-focused on the money line and then only goes to the spread at 11 to 10, this is a perfect example of dogs winning but winning outright. Now, obviously, this is crazy to have the record be 8-1 and one, eight and one on the dogs outright where that basically the points where it hasn't even mattered. So if you've bet basically bet any underdog in preseason that you've won beside Philadelphia and you didn't have a little bit on the money line, shame on you. Yeah. And that's uh preseason's tricky. Um, I find it, it's very hard to have a strong opinion or, you know, Dave, for example, doesn't touch preseason whatsoever just because there's no real money flowing and reading screens is impossible when it comes to preseason football. And so there's just not a lot of sharp money out there that's really hammering preseason. So at least from my expertise with these guys that I've been dealing with for many, many years, of course, the public is going to bet it. The public's going to bet anything. Um, I had a buddy of mine who uses the host from DK and, 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 
FanDuel and all the legal sports books, and he uses the host to his advantage where he pulls money out of the account. The host automatically comes across his desk and has to email and say, please put money back in the account. We're going to give you a bonus, plus we're going to boost a parlay. So anytime he does that, he usually does some kind of wonky wager. And this is the third time he's hit this year where he wonky wager, wonky wager. He takes two guys in the same game to hit a home run. So obviously that's very hard to do. The fact that he even remotely gets one of them right is still amazing to me, but he always uses free money to do it. And this is the third time he's hit this season where he picks two guys to hit a home run and a parlay, which give him astronomical odds. I think a 250 wager paid out 9,500. So that's, to me, it's still miraculous that people could do that and be successful. To him, he does it for fun. Um, anything he does that is sharp will never be a parlay, but when he gets a free boost and a free play, he always uses it to his advantage and, and, I respect it. You know, is it a way of making money long-term? Absolutely not, and he knows it. But the fact that there's ways to navigate through these sports books, and there's a hundred other ways that we could teach you how to navigate these sports books, a lot of it is going to be released during our Telegram mentorship, which we already have a very large amount of clients that have committed early in the season um, we still have a couple slots left that we're going to literally coach every single client. Um, I have devoted the entire season because in years past, and you know this, every time that one of our sharps released games on the channel, a lot of the lines were gone. Um, you couldn't get those lines anywhere. Just because the sharp got it doesn't mean that the public, the clients could have access to the same line. Well, we beta tested it with uh, with a previous sport last year. What we realized is if we get the games 30 to 45 minutes before the Sharps bet it, it doesn't hurt the Sharp to get the same price because he has 40 outs versus most of our clients have two, maybe three outs. When I say outs, it's different um, books that they have access to virtually or if they're at the casino and they're driving to the casino, they have an extra one there as well. So what happens is in years past, a lot of clients missed about 10 to 15% of the wagers simply because we're teaching you to bet the number. We're teaching you to bet it at the right time. And we're educating you on what is a good price and a bad price because you can't buy to the number if it's going to cost too much because our game is not, the instant gratification, make all your money overnight with a parlay. It's that constant marathon approach. Every day you're putting it in, you're wagering the same amount. You're risking very small amounts of money to make a lot of money at season's end. And you're treating it like an investment over the next six months that is basically giving you more interest than any other financial outlet that I've heard of, um, especially with football season. So, Knowing that we have that in our um, back pocket, we're going to teach clients how to be successful sports traders for the next seven months. Um, each client, just to, to give a scoop, because a lot of uh, my clients, potential clients, I want to say, we're asking, what does it entail? Well, every time the games are posted, you're going to have a 30 to 40. Can, I, can I say one thing to you? i got to interrupt you. Go ahead. Can I say one thing to you? 
there's no such thing as a potential client. There's somebody that wants to win. No, there is. There's, and there's somebody no, that doesn't I, want to win. No, 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 no. There, no, no, no. You can't said, draw a line nah, in the yes, sand. Yes, yes, yes. You can't draw a line. I draw a line in the sand. Talk to too many guys. that You heard me yesterday. I took 10 calls in a row. Every guy tells me how great they do. So, come on. Like, when you say potential clients. Let me rephrase the, that. Clients that have yet to join. Okay, that there we are, go. They have done their. So, most of the guys that I talk to from Instagram, let me be more specific. Most of the guys that I talk to from Instagram have done the vetting of who we are, our reputation, um, our history. And it's not about our win loss record. It's the reputation in the industry that we have built over the years that are, we are very well respected. So when I usually talk to that type of client, it's more of a, they know the price, and to them, is is it worth the price of the investment to take their sports trading to the next level? Because there are already guys that I wouldn't call them pros, but they're semi-pros. They have strategies in other sports, and they maybe don't have a strategy in football. And I respect that. There's, there's no push on my side, except I will spend 30 minutes with every new potential client educating them, and then... Just like you, there's no pressure. If they're not going to treat it like a business, they're just going to miss out. Similar to the guy that you talked to yesterday that you originally Mm. talked to in June. Painful. Since June, what your returns were and the fact that he is still giving you the same excuse that he said to you in June. That guy doesn't want to win. That guy just wants confirmation of his own bad opinion. He's not in it to treat it like a business because he's never won money sports trading. He's only won money sports betting, and he's lost money sports betting, which those guys, it's, it's mostly ego, and it's not humbling themselves to take it to the next level. And, you know, it's not, we're not for everyone. The guys that are with us, they literally year after year, season after season, they don't even ask they send me a text. They go, here's the rerun rate um, from last year. Here's the payment. Thank you. Because they know what we bring to the table. Most people don't want to educate the using the user. What they want to do is they want to tout games. They want to tell you that there's locks in the games. And, you know, I think you, uh, you put it to me the first time I met you. You said the only lock there is is the one on the door when I get into the house. And people still, unfortunately, there's a lot of naive and gullible people out there that had a guy called locks. me last night at nine o'clock. He said, "Do you have the game of the day that I can purchase? Just the one guaranteed game?" <laughs> That's it. No, 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 the guy was. I said, "Let me ask you something. How old are you?" And he said, "45." I said, "Do you have children?" He says, "Yeah." I said, "Do you read them like you know fantasy books?" He says, "Oh yeah, yeah, children." Said, you want me to read you a fantasy book about how I have a guaranteed game? I said, what's wrong with you? Said, there's no such thing as a guaranteed game. Said, any game can lose. Any game can win. Like when you talk to someone like that, either they, it clicks or they get very uh, uh, insulted because you're you're basically challenging them with logic as opposed to emotion, and they usually hang up the phone. So. You know, like I tell people, you know, it sounds like I'm the, uh, the the curmudgeon, but, you know, it's just like I, unless you prove me wrong, 
I take the position that it's too easy in 2023 to access real information if you want to be informed and win. The winning for the first time due to the advancements in technology and the legalization of gambling being made available to all these people that otherwise wouldn't even be wagering is so easy. That's the easy part. Unfortunately, when you go back to the innate why the markets move, stock market moves or the sports markets moves, it's all fear and greed and action. And unfortunately, like I said, I am a curmudgeon in the fact that I truly do not believe that 99% of the gamblers out there that are gamblers, not traders, want to actually win. I think they want to have fun. They want to, instead of playing golf, instead of lifting weights, instead of cycling, instead of playing pickleball like our good friend Cal in Kansas City, it's five in the morning. Instead of being involved with external other things, this is their hobby. They cannot handle not watching the games. They cannot handle not checking the scores. And that's okay. But I also believe that those people have no business trying to claim that they want to win. And I also think that they have no business purchasing information because if they, God bless them, if they do and they just want to donate their money to a service like ours or any other service, that's fine. But I don't believe that that person can actually make money. I've been doing it too long. You were saying you were pontificating yesterday how you cannot believe that you've been doing this for 13 years with me. And, and I looked at you. I'm like, dude, I've been doing this for 35 years. So I went from newspaper ads, which are on my website, johnsyndicate.com, ericpathy.com. You can see an ad. Anybody watch, listening can go to my website, see an ad of me in a newspaper ad when I'm 25 years old, and now I'm 50. And I'm telling you, Mike, that nobody's changed their mentality. The only people that I notice that actually change their mentality are the ones that already don't have bad habits. The new guys, the young guys, the sharp guys that are coming from a trading background. They were trading crypto when they were 21, 22, 23. Then it just became, or they were trading stocks or they were trading options. And now they're looking at this as a platform of actually wagering. The second someone tells me on the phone they like parlays, I know that I'm dealing with a loser. Now, you can say I'm harsh. We can debate that. But that's my story, and I'm sticking to it until I'm proven wrong. Because let's talk about it. Look, you would think with as as sharp as Dave Miller is and the crews that we deal with, they were all just out at Bet Bash dealing with the largest betting syndicates in the country. You know, what do we have? 150, 200 clients? where you have some of these pick services that are just selling the game of the year, the lock of the month, they have thousands of clients. So it, it shows me how you can make a lot more money selling that dopamine-laden product where I got a big game going off this afternoon because it's Wednesday and there's early baseball. And that's why, like I said, I kind of frown upon the I, – I, I just believe, and like I said, it's kind of the way I re, revamp the strategy of how many people I talk to, is that I just believe most people are just full of you-know-what. Go ahead. No, I mean, it's, uh, that's the reality of the matter. Well, are you going to defend them? Are you going to defend them? You say, no, 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 no. So, like, t- take the opposing role. Are you going to defend them, the clients? No, I'm not, uh, you know, uh, I'm still driven to the point of T 
teaching and educating. Our clients are gold, by the way. The clients that are listening that are already our clients, you're gold because you got there already. You Like, I have a client that sent me a text message, and I'm going to bring it up on my phone right now. And this guy, I love him. He's in Canada. And this was his exact message. I'm excited. Finally getting used to not giving a F bleep, 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 who wins a particular game, realizing it's part of a bigger picture. When I get a text like that, that just solidifies and redeems me of why I do what I do. Yeah, and that's that's the way we deal with it. We, we deal with clients. We, we try not to single out the guys that are really, you know, let me put it in, in frank terms. Every client wants to win, but most clients don't want to put in the work of trying to be better and changing their bad habits. And that's part of life. It's not for everyone. You know, we have various different products. I, I do believe the Telegram mentorship is head and shoulders above any other product out there. And that's because the people that are providing the information are risking way more on the games themselves than the service cost for the season. Just understand that. We're doing this to supplement an entire operation, and we're doing it through the coaching and education side as well. And for guys that think they could find their own edges on Tuesday and Wednesday and be a better screen reader than the top percent, one percent, good for you. If you're going to put in the work and spend eight hours a day sitting there monitoring the lines like our guys do, go ahead. But do you want to make this a called a duty free business where you could still manage your lifestyle, change nothing, just have access to your cell phone to receive a text message and put in the selections at that period of time. If you could do that, you could be very successful doing this. So, you know, as we roll into football, we're going to have a lot more content of how we change our strategies in season, the adjustments that we make. But for right now, it's a little repetitive. Get on the train, get ready to roll. I'm telling you, college football and NFL is the nuts. If for anybody that actually plays poker and you have the nuts, which means you have the best hand possible, this strategy of finding market edges and being fully invested into our entire ecosystem of plays, selections, overnight releases, telling you when to play, telling you when to pass, giving basically a white glove service where not only are you getting the games, but you're getting told when and how to bet. That is going to take you to the next level. If you don't believe me, well, then just keep betting on your own and keep getting the same results because I, I, know have, a, very hard I have a client that's just, I'm not going to give out his, I'll just say, we'll call him Big G from India. Big G from India just sent me a text mm-hmm. listening to you guys on the radio right now. When football starts, do baseball games reduce? What's your answer? No. That's what I like to hear. Now, now one has nothing to do with it. No, one has nothing that, to do with the other. So that may be the case maybe for a week or two, but what will transpire is mid-September, it will decrease because... Well, this is less games. Well, it's not less games. It's just a lot of teams that are out of the playoffs are bringing up the farm system, and there's no consistencies with pitchers. There's no consistencies with lineups because 
baseball is such a statistical sport where it's we're not finding the market edges in baseball. We're betting dogs and we're following the strategies of the underdogs and the consensus of basically only dogs. We don't play favorites whatsoever. So come mid-September, it usually slows down in volume-wise. And obviously October is super low volume. There's very limited games for the playoffs. And it's, you know, you're talking about maybe a total of 10, 12 plays in October. So yes, Mr. G, it is going to go down, but not until mid-September. So there's going to be a, a quite a bit of volume overlap, which is not a bad thing. Because again, our risk is so small per trade that it's really not going to affect it that much. But overall, keep it going. Keep following the model. Don't deviate. Don't bet bigger. I know a lot of clients, I, I get the text the morning, the morning after. Well, you had a losing day, so tonight I bet triple to make it back, and then we had another losing day. And at the end of the week, I show them data that's a winning data, and they tell me that they lost on the week. So that that's that's where I want to get away from, and that's where the communication needs to be clear from the beginning. Don't deviate. Don't chase. Follow the model. Try not to have too much emotional attachment to each game. I know we say this all the time because we don't, but I get it. The clients do. They watch it. They're out. They're decompressing at night. They have action on a trade. No different than when I have you know investment in a crypto that I had years ago that I would literally monitor 24-7 for no apparent reason. And listen, I, I, I know the feelings that come along with it, but just try to be a little bit more disconnected and more understanding of long-term, long-grind marathon approach. So uh, as we hit, not to change gears, um, but Mr. Allen should be calling now. Big Al from Georgia. He should be on any Hi. minute. Alan, you there? I'm here. There he is. There he is, the college football guru. What's going on, buddy? Oh, not much. How are you? I'm doing great, man. So so talk to me. I know that you are a huge Bulldogs fan. Your office is right there in Athens. What's the what's the layout, the look, you know, the 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 forecasting of the dog season. I know they lost a lot of players to the draft, which they did the year before, but with the new quarterback, who's starting or is there a rotation right now, a quarterback over there? Yeah, no, it's uh it is uh it's it's not a rotation at all. It's uh it's Carson Beck it's Carson Beck's uh, job to lose. He's uh he's a top man going in. As a matter of fact, he's in the uh if you look at the Heisman preseason Heisman, he's up there near one of the one of the favorites actually. Um, and I try to keep the red and black glasses off when it comes to uh, college football betting, but sometimes it's hard, so I just kind of shy away from the Georgia games altogether if I can. But uh, he is uh, – because I'm not a Carson Beck fan, but, you know, Kirby Smart knows more than me. But it's, it's his job to lose. He's a, uh, he's a, he's a redshirt junior, so it's his fourth year in the system. Um, he's got an arm uh, like light and day, uh, uh, night and day um, uh, stronger than, than Stetson Bennett. But here's the thing. Here's what shakes out great for Georgia. Yeah, they did lose some, but they didn't lose as much as the year before in the draft, not near as much. But they did a great job of replacing some receivers in the transfer portal. The year before, he, uh, Kirby took zero from the transfer portal. This year he took uh, – he got a top uh, top 10 DB from Texas A&M. He was a top 10 recruit two years coming out. 
two years ago coming out of high school. He got him, but then he uh, he got the uh, he got the top receiver in the SEC from last year um, from uh, Missouri, and then he also got a, another another receiver coming in to help the offense. But here's the other thing. Georgia has more than enough time to get the players that are coming up ready because of the soft schedule they have. There's really, even like the Tennessee, I don't think Tennessee, I think they're going to be good. They're not going to be as good as they were last year, I don't think. Uh, their schedule plays out good. I, I'm, I'm curious to see that Bama and Tennessee game this year. I, I, that was circling on my, on my calendar for sure. But uh, I don't see a test on Georgia's schedule until the SEC championship. Uh, I think they run away with the East. Um, and with the first four or five games are really cupcakes all at home. They play at home the first month of the season, all cupcakes, uh, because they originally had Oklahoma opening the season at Oklahoma this year. But we know with the conference realignment that's going on in college football, they took them off because they're going to be joining the SEC next year, so they took them off the schedule this year. They made them do that. So now instead of opening, opening at Oklahoma, they're opening at home against, uh, I don't even know who it is, some cupcake school. Uh, so they've got time to get these uh, these younger guys ready to go. So by the time the season uh, coming into the SEC championship, they should be full steam ahead. So, Al, if, did you happen to look at the text that I just sent to your phone? Let me check it. If you want to let everybody know what you think of that. So what do you think of that? I mean, to me, I sent the, that's the national championship odds. Georgia's plus 220. Alabama's plus 600. Ohio State's plus 700. Michigan's plus 850. So here's the thing. I don't see any value. First of all, the line makers have these three teams nailed down. Last season, Georgia actually had the best record against the spread by a margin of one game. So listen to these results last year. Georgia was 8-7 and seven ATS. Alabama was 6-6 six and six ATS. And Ohio State was 6-6 six and six ATS. So there, for anybody listening, we're talking about outright winning the championship. From a betting point of view, there's, there's no edge. They always overinflate these lines, which you look at the results from last season, you're basically 50% with all three teams, Georgia, Alabama, and Ohio State, the top three teams this year. Yeah. Yeah, so. Uh, now, yeah, why so would somebody bet plus 220 in Georgia to win the championship? To me, it's the dumbest bet anybody would ever make. There's, you could wait till the end of the season to make a bet on the actual game if they even get there. Yeah, unless you get there and you're playing TCU again, and then uh, you're probably not going to get plus 220. But I agree with you. There's not a lot of value there unless you're just – maybe throwing a hedge out there, but if you're just bad, if that's who you're betting in, yeah, it's, it's just not much. But I'll tell you this, I don't see any competition in college football this year for Georgia other than Alabama and Ohio State. I actually, what I don't see on here, let me click show all that you on this text you sent me here. I don't see it because it's a screenshot. But um, what do you know the odds on Clemson? I, I feel like Clemson is going to be, is on the, is, is gonna be on, the, uh, on the upswing. Well, let me click show. I'm logged in. Hold on. Uh, Clemson uh, I like is plus you, I like USC bet. Clemson think, is plus uh, USC was uh, USC was a Pac-12 championship away from making the playoffs, and I think I think the type of athlete that Caleb Williams is, I think they could have uh, made some noise in the playoffs. And if they make it this year, they can definitely make some noise just because of his athletic ability alone. So I like the I like the play on USC at plus sixteen hundred. Um, and Clemson, you know, is I don't right know that I like Ohio State at even seven hundred. I just, I don't. I, Ohio State is there, but they're, 
they're breaking in a new quarterback. Uh, you know, I, I just I feel like it's Georgia, Alabama, and Clemson. I don't see on the list here, but I feel like Clemson. If you look is at your, if you look at your point. phone, I just resent you the whole list. <clears throat> Clemson sixteen hundred. I like that. I, I think Clemson. Uh, their uh, ukulele, however you mentioned his name, he's he just wasn't. He never fit the bill of what he was hyped up to be. Um, they've got a kid coming in there. I think is going to be. Really good. Uh, Dabo has built a culture there. It's hard to stay on top. It's really hard to stay on top. But I'll tell you this, uh, George, the Georgia Bulldogs are the, uh, the present day Alabama, where they are the, the early 2000s Miamis and the, the 2010s Clemson's, uh, uh, Alabama. So they're at the pinnacle right now. And it's the only, only way they're getting knocked off is the SC championship game. So while the, the value on the plus 220 is not great, what you can count on is they're going to have they're actually going to have a chance to be there because of the schedule they play. They're essentially going to have to win one game all year, which is the SC Championship game, to make it to the playoffs. That doesn't mean they're going to do good against the spread from a betting point of view. They could same oh, thing. No, they could no, be no, like, no. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So for all you listeners, that we're not talking about the spread. They, the line makers are good, man. Eight and seven, six and six, and six and six on those top three. They, they, that's the most efficient numbers I've seen, you know, on on good teams. So you know, what is you the, know, uh, deal without what is the uh, ATS? Uh, what's the ATS on, they have out on Georgia? Well, no, no. Did Last have, year Georgia was eight and seven. ATS? No, 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 no. No preview on no. that. Got you. Well, no, no, so. No. What's the, what's the over under win win total twelve? Eleven. And a half. I did not look at that before we came on the air. Yeah, I did not look. at Yeah, that. I didn't either. I was. I should have been more prepared for your listeners. I apologize. Next time, I promise I will be. <laughs> uh, I'm looking here. Oh, here we go. Win totals. I got it. I'm clicking on it right now. Uh, Georgia. That was Georgia. Check. That's ACC. Uh, uh, Georgia. Georgia. Where are you, Georgia? Here we go. Georgia regular season win totals over eleven and a half wins plus one sixteen under eleven and a half wins minus one forty two. So the yeah. favorite is oh. under eleven and a half wins. Say that again. Under eleven and a half wins minus one forty two. Over eleven and a half wins plus one sixteen. For for Georgia. Correct. Yeah, I think I Alabama. Mean, I, Alabama is ten and a half wins under ten and a half wins minus one eighty over ten and a half wins plus one forty eight. That's wild. Yeah, they uh, well, and it's, it all, it comes down to the schedule. The uh, Georgia has such, and they have one of the easiest schedules. I mean, in maybe in the country, it's just Tennessee is a is is a, could be a tough one because it's in Knoxville. Other than that, so let me ask you this. Uh, fire right now. Well, let me ask you for the listeners. Why is that? Because for the listeners that aren't immersed in, in the religion of, of college football, why would you take the top team and give them a cake schedule? Well, again, it, essentially, so there was supposed to be uh, uh, an, a, a way opener at Oklahoma was on the schedule this year. And we had a we had a game with Ohio State playing that got nicked. So this year was actually going to be a really great schedule for Georgia. It was an away game with Oklahoma, a home game with Ohio State, and it was going to be a home and home with Ohio State where they would go there next year. That got nicked about two years ago, actually. Well, then this past off season they nicked the Oklahoma game 
because of them coming to the SEC and the whole conference realignment has changing the whole world of college football these days. We see what's going on out there at the Pac-12, and you know they're about to get disbanded. I feel like, and so because of that, they had to replace it with somebody. The only only ones willing to even come to Georgia or play Georgia, even in a neutral site, is very few and far between. So the only one you got is a cupcake like Tennessee Martin that's willing to come in and get a payday and take a butt whooping and. So it ended up being you get a, a top ten matchup with Oklahoma to a cupcake because they the accomplish realignment. That's essentially what happened. Got it. Mike, you got anything to add? I'm just I'm just listening. I'm trying to trying to educate myself on college football outside of the market edges. Um you know, I'm a huge college football fan. I do watch a lot of games. I I, I enjoy the full Saturday lineup where it's, it's not as segmented as Sunday where it's one and four. Uh, and then you have one night game. It's just, you have action from noon all the way till you get a kickoff at 10 30 on the, on the West coast. Now, now Alan, do you do any research outside of the sec? Are you very familiar with any of the other conferences that you really dive in on, or it's mainly the sec and you know what you're good at and you stick to it? Well, I mean, I, I do, uh, I dive in some, but obviously, uh, being the SEC country and, and, and right in the heart of it is, uh, it's, it's on, it's everywhere, whether it's radio shows, campuses, the campus is a half a block from my office. It's just, it's everywhere around me. It's, it's, I cannot not consume it. Even if I didn't want to, I'm getting it right. So I'm, I'm definitely more versed in SEC, uh, but I do I do spread out across the country. I, I love college football. I, I love college football. I take it ten times uh, ten times over uh, over over uh, NFL and twice on Sunday. How ironic is that? <laughs> well, we know that we know the reason of that. The Atlanta Falcons haven't done anything since the Super Bowl. <laughs> you, got, you got that right. You got that right. I, I, look, I am uh, I am a little. Uh, I, I'm, I'm eagerly awaiting to see what they do, though. Uh, I, I was a little puzzled by the draft pick. I uh, like Robinson, that running back, but I'm, I'm curious to see what they do. They were uh, they made seven wins last year. The Falcons did with the uh, with with uh, with nothing. So they made a lot of offseason adjustments on defense. But yeah, college football is what I love. Well, not to not to segment too much because we do want to have a little NFL talk. I, I have followed Bijan Robinson who was your top draft pick. He was very good college athlete, had a great yards per carry. He's already projected in fantasy drafts to go top 10, which is it's very unique. Usually guys maybe top 15, you don't see guys coming out of college, especially with having Algier, who had a very good year for your Falcons, for him to just pop in there and be a top 10 pick. I mean, they must see really something in him in camp that he's really performing. I know it's going to be a run-heavy offense, but, man, to get that much credit for that much talent in all these different fantasy leagues, I'm I'm pretty impressed. So I haven't had the yeah. pleasure of drafting yet. My first draft is upcoming this upcoming Sunday. But um, do you have – I mean, I know you watched them in the Big 12. Do you have yeah. any thoughts on how his season's going to be? Is he going to get the workload? What, what are you hearing down there from uh, Falcons camp? I'm, yeah, so uh, you know, still got Cordell Patterson, who was uh, he, he's, uh, he's a veteran. He's a he's a shifty, he's a good runner. He's a, he's a veteran player, but they're going to move him more to a 
H-back slash slot type guy. He'll still get some carries. Um, they also had a rookie last year that they drafted in the third round. I don't even remember call his name now. That's how much the time Algier. Right Tyler Algier. Yeah, Algier. So, and he, he, he was over a thousand yards last year. So he's going to get carries. So the thing is, they have, uh, they have the, the tools in the backfield to mix up the carries, which is good because we know a running back's life in the NFL is not long. But, uh, you know, Smith, the head coach, uh, is coming from the Derek. He, he, he ran Derek Henry and he know, he really knows how to, he has a knack for getting the ball to his playmakers. He has a knack for knowing his, who his best player is and knowing how to get the ball to them to be successful in offense. He knew in Tennessee it was Derek Henry. He knew how to get the ball to him and how many times he needed to get to him. So I think he's got a knack for that. The Falcons are in the, the whole mindset are changing to a more rugged, tough, like a, you know, a really, Tennessee Titan type of team where you're tough in the trenches and getting so yeah Robinson's gonna get his fair share of carries I, I expect to see him a lot on third down with uh Patterson in the slot I like uh, we'll probably see a mixture of Algier and Robinson on first and second down yeah I I mean you're in a division where they could do some damage because the Saints are obviously new quarterback new regime um, who knows if Michael Thomas actually comes back to his old self. Um, then you have the Bucks, no Brady. That's going to be a whole different dynamic. And then you have the Panthers, who really haven't done much except, you know, draft a high, you know, high draft pick quarterback that they're going to throw out there. So it's really a division that is, you don't really see. I mean, yeah, I think the Saints right now are um, on paper and betting markets that they're, supposed to win the division but it, it is a very very weak division and and the nfc in general it's not very it's top heavy you have you have really a couple teams that are juggernauts coming from last year that you expect to do well like the eagles and san fran but aside from that you know we've seen dallas is could lose on any given week um you see seattle i mean you said well, the eagles are the Eagles and San Francisco are the juggernauts in the in the actual NFC. You're talking and about the Philadelphia. You're talking about the Philadelphia Bulldogs, right? <laughs> the, the Eagles. The Eagles. The Eagles. Wait, the tell Eagles. everybody with the guy in your office. What's his favorite team? So he's a oh my goodness! I don't even you don't want to get my blood pressure up, but he's he's a Florida. That's why I want to, I want to hear. I want the radio guys to hear. Go ahead. Yeah, he's a well, he's a Florida Gator fan for one, and he came back from a trip just the other day, and he come in there and he was smart, I guess. He took down his other Florida sign. Now he's got a sign up there that says "House Divided, Florida, Georgia." But I told him he better not leave this office before I leave any day, and he better get here before I get here because if not, it's going to be cut in half. I can't stand it. Let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. Does he wear his Florida gear on Saturdays? Well, hey, not around me, no, because we will be fighting. Not even you. How about getting to the office? You have to drive through Athens. I wouldn't wear anything not red in Athens where I'd probably get jumped. No, yeah, I'm telling you, and it, it, we and we've owned Florida the last oh, it last seven eight years. But there was a time, and people run Athens though all the heartbreak we went through before we got these back to back. And going for one of the first, uh, one of the first three piece as Minnesota did it in the 1940s. But Florida owned us. They beat us 14 out of 15 years back in the 90s and early 2000s. 14 out of 15 years beat us. 
So well, you know why, right? When we dominate Florida, that's etched in our mind, and I cannot stand blue and orange. They had the the best quarterback. Beef, I'm going even before Tebow. They had sexy Rexy that was just lighting up the <laughs> scoreboards. Rex Grossman, yep. Yep, Rex Grossman. And, uh, I mean, they had – he had Jabbar Gaffney. Let me see if I can get it right. Was it Jabbar Gaffney and Taylor? Yeah, yeah. Taylor yeah. ended up playing for Jacksonville. Well, no, that's Fred Taylor. What was the other receiver from Jabbar Gaffney? Oh, if you hadn't asked me, I told you. They had all the tight ends. They had Aaron Hernandez. They had, oh, you yeah. know, they, they had, uh, no, Winslow was in Miami. Um, I mean, dude, that team was stacked. They, they had a very good five, six year run. Actually, my best friend from high school ended up going to University of Florida and he would always go to the, you know, the largest cocktail party, which is the UGA Florida game every year. And that's when they were good. This is back in, you know, 2002 to date myself. And, um, listen, man, I've, I've never, I never happened to go to college. I worked, you know, I, I got a job in, in the field that I thought I was going to be in right out of high school. And I never got the, the chance of seeing that atmosphere. I mean, the best I've ever been to, I actually did go to the cotton bowl for the OU Texas game one year. And the energy is insane. So I couldn't imagine actually going to a sec school like Georgia and every Saturday being, you know, it's like Christmas, you know, that, that's, that's the feeling that I get with tailgating and, and the game. So definitely an experience I miss, but you know, can't, can't really. If you're not going to the game and going to the game on Saturday, you avoid Athens uh, like the plague because it is, uh, like you said, the best thing you could, you could relate to is Christmas uh, six, or seven Saturdays out of the year. But uh, bring it back real quick, full circle to the betting uh, on college football. I'm now I'm looking at some of these opening lines for opening week. And I feel like, you know, getting online, getting ready to get on board and start making some selections now wouldn't be a bad idea because I'm just what I'm looking at. And I, of course, need to put a little bit more research into it, but I'm looking at some lines here that are just, they're bound to change. And there's some, some heated matchups from last year. Uh, Florida and Utah are kicking off, looks like, on week zero uh, on that Thursday on 831. Uh, you know they had a they had a showdown last year and they're going to Utah this year I think right because Utah went down there and didn't they, didn't they beat them or almost beat them in the swamp last year? Right, they almost beat them. Yeah, almost beat them, and that that really that 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 opened our eyes to Utah, but it also put us uh, everybody around here was like, okay, what's going on with Florida? And then we know what ended up happening. They ended up going six seven. It was a dumpster fire. So I'm just looking at some some heat. You know, there's both of those teams are going into that game like you know heated up, and you got. Notre Dame and Navy uh, kicking off the first game of the season, late 26 at 2.30 on NBC. Um, so, we've got, we got some good week zero games going off, I think. It's coming, man. Before you blink, we're going to be sitting here talking about real after effects of a weekend of football, what it does to your psyche if you're not dialed in. Because now with all these legal betting markets everywhere, man. Well, let me ask you that, Al, since you live in the great state of Georgia, when are you guys going to come into, you know, Micah was sure you guys were going to get it last time I was down there. And, uh, you know, it's crazy. You guys are now yeah. like on an island by yourself. Miss, you know, Tennessee it has, Mississippi has, Florida is going to actually have it. What's that? 
Florida is going to actually have it. It's just amazing how you guys are just uh, Georgia's not uh, in the news for all the wrong reasons, and it's not gambling. <laughs> so what what's going to happen is, and so someone like myself, I'm about two hours from Cherokee, North Carolina, which is uh, Harris Casino, and. Uh, I guess about two years ago, they added on a big expansion of a huge sports book in there. So now anyone within about a four-hour radius taking off to North Carolina and place bets and all that, obviously still doing it offshore. But point being, we go, uh, they're, they're losing. It's coming. Uh, it's in legislation. There's more people that want it to happen. But what's happening is the, the older money, I guess you could say, around here is holding on as as – it's, it's coming. I, I get it. My over-under is a year and a half. It'll be legal. Yeah, all right. We'll see if that happens. That, that'll that be wild. Yeah, I, I that'll think be wild. Uh, if not beginning next college football season by the start of 25, that's about a year and a half, I think, uh, that next time that rolls around in legislation. Uh, well, so. like I said, I'm definitely not going to rush to make my Georgia plus 220 bet. I'll wait to see what uh-huh. happens. Hey, when hey when we're, when Kirby's raising that three peak trophy and giving it a kiss on the stage, you're like, "Dad, gum it! I should have placed it." Oh my God, that's hilarious! No, we know no. that is hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, Alan, very much for joining the show. We'll definitely have you uh, on during the football season. Maybe we'll, we'll have him on every couple weeks, knowing that we'll get some feedback yeah. down there in Athens and, and see what's going on. Thank you again for joining us. Absolutely, thank y'all for having me. You got it, buddy. And there it is, Mr. J himself. So you have guys that want to talk about the Ravens over here. Just to give you, we have two minutes. Real quick, two minutes. Yeah, take us to the music with the Ravens. Go ahead. <laughs> Marlon Humphrey, top corner, out with foot surgery. Not sure exactly when he'll be back. Hopefully he'll be back maybe week five. Uh, thank God we have three of the first four game against rookie quarterbacks. So, that should be hopefully not a huge issue. We've struggled with training camp in the past where we come out very hurt. So so if it's the only one, I'm okay with it. Hopefully everybody else stays healthy out there. Uh, Lamar really dialed in. Obviously it's preseason and only see him in practice, which is hard to tell. But they've had a whole offseason. We took Georgia's offensive coordinator, Todd Moncton, who is now the offensive coordinator of the Ravens. He's the one that led Georgia to two national titles on offense the last couple of years, which is hopefully going to translate into big, big season for my Ravens. Outside of that, we're right in the thick of it. Training camp's going on. Things are happening. Guys are fighting. It's happening before we know it, and we blink. It's going to be week one of college football followed by week one of the NFL. So. I can't wait. You know, that's the only sport I really get excited about and I watch. There it is. That's it. Another week of Sports Insider Radio. Have a good one. Back next week.